This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hey, what is up, everybody? You are listening to another great episode of Dealer News Today, coming to you from the DNT headquarters. I do appreciate you being here. Now, make sure you follow DNT on Instagram at Dealer News Today. And if you haven't listened to all the episodes of the show, I got to tell you, we got quite the catalog, folks. So you can go back and listen to any one of those wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to them uh, when you're on the go, listen to them in your car, riding the train, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm your host, Derek D. And I must tell you, if you see a Sunoco commercial where there's an EMT driver driving an ambulance talking about Sunoco Go Rewards, well, that's me. So uh, if you see it, hit me up on social media and let me know. And you can get to all my social media on my website, DerekD.com. So I appreciate that if you see it. Uh, Okay, I got to tell you, we got a fun show because my next guest is from Rio Grande, New Jersey. Yes, that's a place. He currently lives in Pennsylvania with his lovely wife, Jill, has three awesome kids, Logan, Bennett, and Ty. He went to William Patterson University, majored in accounting. He's a Giants fan, even though he lives in Eagle Country. His favorite number is four. He has a friend from home named Mario. He loves himself a tuna melt sandwich. So you may be asking yourself, why does Derek D know so much about this guy? Well, not only is he the chief financial officer of Garnett Auto, but he happens to be one of my best friends from college and one of my college roommates. Yes, that is right. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my buddy, Jeff Mance, to the show. Derek, that was a wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. It's been a a long time since we've spoken. It's terrible that uh, it it takes work for us to get to speak to each other now these days, but, uh, (laughs) but I appreciate you having me on. He's lying. I talked to him just the other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hey, that's what you get when you have your buddy on the show already busting chops. But listen, brother, I appreciate you coming on Dealer News today. It's funny because I have to introduce you as Jeff Mance, but I never call you Jeff. I just call you Mance. For a long time, I didn't know I had a first name. <laughs> well, Mance it is. It always has been for me. Uh, and even when I'm talking to Jill, Jeff's wife, and talking about you, I still call you Mance, not Jeff, even though her last name is Mance as well. There are uh, a lot of Jeffs in the world, so Mance is, Mance is easy. It gets it done. I understand who you're talking to when you call me out. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for being on the show, brother. I do appreciate it. Uh, Like I said, uh, Jeff Mance is the chief financial officer of Garnett Auto in Pennsylvania. And uh, we thought it'd be great to have him on the show, you know, to get his insight and everything on how uh, how a CFO works at a dealership and all that stuff. Um, It's just funny to be talking so professionally to you, because like I said, this is my (laughs) this is my boy. He's my one of my college roommates. And uh yeah, your birthday's actually coming up too, which is, uh, is. A, a, a big one. Big four zero. A big four zero. Oh yeah, we can't be talking about how old we are. I mean, I'm not that. <laughs> man, you're a lot older than me, bro. <laughs> yeah, we went, we went to college together. I don't think anyone's falling for that. Yeah, that's true. So Mance is from uh, Rio Grande, New Jersey. I remember when I when I first met you, I thought you were lying. I was like, a Rio Grande, New Jersey doesn't exist. Exit four on the Parkway. That's right, exit four, and then uh, you came up to. To, to uh, William Patterson University saying home and phone, and then you, you lost that, though. You don't have that anymore, really. <laughs> I'm starting to get it back a little bit, being out here in Pennsylvania, though. Yeah, but thank goodness you're not an Eagles fan out there, though. Absolutely not. He's a Giants fan in Eagle country. It's hard um, to be a Giants fan these days, but uh, I'll never uh, switch to be a, be a Birds fan, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I get, can't do that. So I met Jeff our freshman year of college at William Patterson University. He lived in a single-room dorm across the hall from my dorm room, and uh, I think I, I met you because I heard you listening to Ja Rule 
over in the other room. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this dude seems cool. And then, and then we met. And then uh, he met actually a friend of mine that I went to high school with that was also at our college. And then we all started hanging out. The rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time, man. Fast forward, three kids live in Pennsylvania. And now you are the CFO of Garnett Auto. So let me ask you this, dude. And I know we've talked about this before, but like, what is, what's, what's your day to day? Like what, what's a, what's in the day, day in the life of a CFO for Jeff Mance at a dealership look like? So that's, what's great about my situation here. And this may not be the situation for everyone in the, in, in the CFO position. Um, Cause as you are aware, I'm sure not many dealerships or organizations have CFOs. You might see some of the larger ones have uh, CFOs on board. We are just a two rooftop store. Uh, we have two franchises, but my day-to-day is, is not typical. Uh, I'm doing something different every single day, which is what I love about it. Um, yes, I have the, the scorekeeping um, and the oversight of, of my controllers and the accounting departments is my main function here. Uh, just to make sure all the finances are in order, uh, make sure uh, all the transactions that happen on a daily basis are, are getting where they need to be into the financial statements. Um, but when I took this job, uh, and I had a long relationship with the owner coming out of public accounting, uh, because I used to do the public accounting work here for Garnett Auto. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because your your background is is accounting. Sure. You were a CPA, yeah. and then I don't I don't know if I knew that. So you you. So through your relationship with him and being an accountant for him, you yes. kind of, that, that's how you got this job as CFO. He, he, he recruited me here. Yeah. He, he had a controller at the Ford store for about 30 years. She was here. Um, and she wanted, was obviously as people do, she wanted to retire. Uh, at the time, uh, the owner had bought out his brother, uh, of the Volkswagen store. So now he was a two dealership owner. Um, and I told him, uh, he initially wanted to recruit me just to come to the Ford store. And I said, that's not really something that I'm looking for at this time. I, I want to kind of be a part of something a little bit bigger. Um, so when he bought the second store, he said, okay, I'm a little bit bigger now. Why don't you come on board? And I said, yeah, I will. But I, I want the opportunity not just to do the accounting stuff, not just to do the financial stuff, but I want to kind of get involved. I want to learn the business. I want to understand how everything works. Yeah. I want to see, I want to get on the, the sales floor. I want to get back into service. I want to, I want to work with the parts department. So it's, it's, it's been a, a blessing that I came on board and he's been open to kind of teaching me the business. Um, because that's one thing when you come from the accounting background, you don't really understand the ins and outs of how the departments work. You understand how, how the, the the financials get put together. You understand how, how the debits and credits get in, but you don't understand really the inner workings of, of how that goes. So to be able to sit on the sales floor and, and watch these guys work their magic and work the deals and, and get back into service and see what kind of, how much of a game that really is. Um, it's not just as straightforward as, as I would have imagined where, Hey, people need their car fixed. So I'm going to, I'm going to go get my car fixed. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a hustle. These guys, these guys make, make miracles happen every day with, with the people trying to, to uh, come in and, and shop their, their brake job or, or their, their alignments or their engine jobs. And, and they're going to come in and they're going to say, hey, what's your best price? And if you can't beat the next guy down the road, you're, they're going to lose that business. So it, it is just from the front and the back ends. It's, it's a, it's a interesting, interesting business to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, that's, and that, and it's good on you for wanting to get involved in all that stuff, because as a CFO, 
you know, you're not, I would assume you're not just involved in, in the, in the money aspect and dealing with all that with the selling of cars. It's everything that has to do with the dealership, you know, whether, like you said, it's in sales or it's in, uh, you know, whatever other departments there are there that you need yeah. to, you know, uh, do your accounting for or whatever. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's funny because you touched on something. You said not all dealerships have CFOs in-house and they don't. Some companies outsource that. So yeah. why is it better to have one, especially on a smaller scale? You know, you have two dealerships. So is it better to have a CFO in-house at the dealership, do you think? It all depends on what you want the function of the CFO to be. If you want the function to be at the end of the month, your outsourced guy comes in and, and takes a look at the financials, makes sure everything's in the right place on the right line. Then, then that's one way to, to get it done efficiently and cost effective. When you have a role that's not just the numbers, um, where I'm meeting with every department almost on a daily basis, just trying to, to understand, you know, what their their goals are, what their forecast looks like. Are we gonna are we gonna hit the numbers that we put together? And in this climate, it's a little bit difficult to forecast anything with the inventory levels we have. And right. kind of, you, don't, you don't know where your next deal is coming from. But th these are conversations I have on a daily basis with, with almost every manager in the store. It all depends on, on what you want that role to look like. And here, um, I'm afforded the, the availability to, to go around and kind of put my two cents in uh, across the board uh, and just kind of have that back and forth discussion as to as to where we want this thing to go and, and where we want to end up as an organization as a whole. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm no CFO, nor do I claim to know a lot about what you do, but uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, you mentioned inventory before, and I probably know the answer to this, but what's inventory looking like at your dealerships? Well, it's paltry to say, to, to put it nicely. <laughs> uh, we, we have, we've had days where there's zero new cars on the, on the lot. Zero, none. Zero is in none. Jeez, um, that's just crazy. And it's you know it's happening everywhere. So are you guys trying to get as many used cars as possible, or people trading in their cars and stuff? So yeah, we're doing a ton of that. Um, I mean, obviously with the market, uh, used car prices are through the roof, uh, just based on the the demand of or the supply of new cars, I should say. So yeah. you you try to put as many new cars on or used cars on the lot as you can, but you have to do it in a in a cost effective manner. Um, I know this this industry and used cars specifically, it's very volatile. And you could, if you put too much money into a used car and it's sitting on your lot, you could end up eating a, a pretty hefty profit just because if the market turns around on you and you're sitting with too much money in a car, you're not going to be able to get rid of it. Or if you, right. you do get you do get rid of it, you're going to have to to eat a little bit on it. But um, inventory is starting to get better. Well, that's good. Uh, we're starting to to see the manufacturers put a couple more cars on our lot. The problem is with these guys, and we have a great sales force at both stores. That before the before the car gets off the truck, they know it's coming in. They find someone to buy it, and, and it's gone. So if we get eight, 10, 12 cars in, in in a week, all 12 are off the lot in a couple of days. Wow. I mean, that's good, but that's bad, right? Kind yeah, of. It, yeah, absolutely. Because it's, I mean, if eventually these guys may not be able to find someone to take that car. So it's, it's it, when you don't have cars on a lot for, for that foot traffic to walk in that unexpected buyer, um, that's when we have customers show up constantly saying, 
I'm, I'm looking for an explorer. I'm looking for an Atlas. And we have to kind of turn away and say, I'm really sorry. We don't have one right now. Which sucks so to it's, say. It's, it's a tough, tough, tough environment. The sales guys and the managers will tell you right now, this has been the most bizarre time in their careers because it's not like they don't have customers. When they don't have customers, it's a little bit easier to, to kind of just say, hey, I, I, I don't have a customer to sell a car. But when a customer is coming to you wanting to buy a car and you don't have a car to sell them, it's it's debilitating. It's, it, it really hits you hard. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine. I mean, you said it's been such a bizarre time for them in their careers. And the truth be told, it's been a bizarre year and a half for everyone in every career because of this pandemic. So yeah. uh, what, what's been like the toughest thing for you as a CFO during the pandemic, like dealing with all the craziness because you don't, and maybe I'm wrong. You don't deal directly with handling of the inventory and all, or, or maybe you do, but what's been the toughest thing for you as CFO? So there's been many challenges, obviously, and everyone's faced kind of the, the similar, we're all in the same boat, I would say. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not ordering the inventory. I'm not that guy, but um, I would say the biggest challenge that I've faced is just dealing with our employees dealing with the, the having to furlough people and, and not have to answer the questions of when can I come back to work? Now, yeah. fortunately, since March, April, May of 2000, we really haven't had that issue. But that uh, March, April, May of 2020, right? 20. Yes, I'm sorry, 20. Yeah. So yeah, when the, when the whole thing first started, that was the most challenging time because we're sitting here at the dealership, uh, just a few of us because we were open just because we could service cars, but we weren't allowed to sell cars. So we had a ton of people that were furloughed and you're on a daily basis. You're just the uncertainty of what am I going to tell these people? When are they going to be able to come back? Are they going to be able to get paid their full salary? That kind of stuff. Um, trying to figure out all these government programs that they're, they're funneling money into us and trying to get us money and, and, and trying to help out the employees the best they can from, from these the care packages and all that. I can't tell you how many webinars I sat through on PPP and all that kind of stuff. So it was just oh, like, that was that was my daily occurrence of just trying to soak up as much information as you could so that you could relay it to the employees. But that for certain was was my biggest challenge. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like it it was such an uncertainty in the beginning, right? I mean, no no one no one in the beginning was like, oh, the car business is actually going to end up doing great and it's going to be right. a, a, a you know the supply and demand is going to be insane and but in the very beginning it was like well you know all the all the manufacturers shut down all this stuff and it was like what is going to happen like this can't be good and it kind of forced i think the automotive industry dealerships and stuff to you know uh advance obviously their their online capabilities obviously that was a capability before but it 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 it, it, it forced them to uh, embrace it more and put a lot more effort into buying and selling online and streamlining that whole entire process uh, to make it easier. And since the industry has been doing so well, I'm I'm assuming all those people that were furloughed are are back now, right? Yeah. So we yeah we we were able to bring back everyone. So and your to your point, the, the whole online ordering, online buying, uh, at home deliveries that was a, a huge thing in the beginning. Yeah. When we weren't when we weren't allowed to have customers in the showroom. Uh, and it still is. And it, it did force us to kind of morph into uh, a, a different sales style, a different way. Uh, the guys downstairs had to learn a lot. Uh, some guys, they're not as, as, as internet and computer savvy as, as some others. So Right, right. Was, so like was, I was saying, that forcing of the process being updated and streamlined mm -hmm. had to happen. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's always a good thing to, to you, 
if you're if you're not changing, not evolving, then then you're doing something wrong. So it was good that we kind of got out of our comfort zone a little bit and had to do things a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, that will always be a way to purchase a car these days. And you'll always have the consumers that want to do it that way. But there are a large majority of, of the consumers that are buying a car that need to touch it, need to feel it, need to see it, need to drive it before they're going to pull the trigger and buy it's a big purchase yeah no, so for sure. you still you still got even back then when when people couldn't come to the dealership and we're trying to sell cars online it would, the question was always well i i want to drive it i have to drive the car before i buy it and we had to basically turn people away and say you know what you're not allowed to drive the cars right now so it was it was a difficult spot for sure <laughs> that, that's crazy like you're not allowed to drive the car you're about to buy and right. because well yeah <laughs> because right. back then you know we say back then you know a year and a half ago or whatever people didn't People yeah. didn't know, you know, like now we pretty much know that like the odds of getting it from a surface or like if you were in the car, it's like it, it's not going to happen. But then you didn't know. So it's like people were wiping yeah. down their mail. Yeah. I mean, it was just insane. Yeah. So we definitely come a long way from there for sure. Um, uh, a switch in gears for a second, though. Obviously, I've known Mance, uh, Jeff, a long time. And I always ask people on the show if they are a car person, like before they got into the the, the business side of it, like do you generally love cars or are you a gearhead? And I know Jeff likes cars and loves what he does, but he's not like a gearhead. But I do remember when we when, when you came to college, you had a little like Civic hatchback and it was manual. And I was like, wow, he, he drives manual. That's interesting. Plus, plus uh, your dad was a mechanic. So you've been around cars, you know, your whole life. Yeah. It's uh, unfortunate. I, my dad always wanted to teach me cars. And I always said, well, I don't need to learn cars because I have you. And then he moved to Florida and has since passed on. And I don't have that expertise. I wish I wish I would have learned everything I did or I could have from him. But yeah, that Civic was a was a, a nice little piece. Yeah, and, uh, I, carry, <laughs> carry some uh, water jugs in the back when it would overheat. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. The, oh, man, that's so funny. And it's funny, too, because your dad would come up every now and then and like yeah. fix your car for you. Yeah. Yeah. Big Jeff. Big Jeff, we called him because his name was Jeff Mance as well. Uh, Miss your dad. Great and fun guy. We got a lot of good, funny stories for sure. Uh, But anyway, after that Civic you had died, Mance got a a red IROC, right? Yeah, that thing was sweet too. (laughs) That thing was real sweet. Like, I wish you still had it. Here's a funny story. Mance had this this red IROC Z that we would drive around. And all the time, like at least the first song Every time we got in the car, and it was so perfect for that car, was by Sticks, and yeah. the song's called "Too Much Time on My Too Hands." Much time on my hands. And every time I hear that song, I I, I either I either I think of Jeff, I think of uh, brings you right back. It brings me right back to being in his red I Rock driving around listening you, you guys know the song it's like it's like uh yeah i'm sitting on this ball stool talking like a damn fool got the 12 o'clock news blues like it's just yeah. it's just perfect it's a great for, song it's a it great is, song it, it really is a great song but you know honestly uh i could i could talk to jeff about our <laughs> it's funny to talk to you like real professionally about you know yeah. you being a financial officer at dealerships and we got to get that out but i mean we could talk yeah. for hours obviously about you know, stuff that probably we shouldn't talk about on this. Yeah. On this but show. to your point, no, I'm not, I was not a, a, a car guy per se coming into this. I've, I've learned a lot since I've been here. Um, I'm continuing to try to learn a little bit more every day. Uh, and the guys we have here are certified car guys. So they, uh, yeah, for sure. they, they, they like to give me a, a good ribbing every now and again, uh, <laughs> when I, when I don't know what they're talking about. So, but it's a good education here. And what, what car are you driving right now? 
I am currently in an ID4, which is our electric. Um, oh, that's right. The VW, vehicle, right? Our, our, EV, our VW EV. Yep. How are you liking that? So, um, it's a great car. It's a great product. It's. And you just charge yeah, it fun, in your garage at night. Fun to drive. I yeah, you can. I have an uh, at-home charger, and I can also uh, we have a bunch of chargers here at the dealership. We need uh we need America to electrify a little bit more and, and get some more chargers out there in the world. But uh, it's been a, re- a really neat car. I love not going to the gas station. That's uh, a huge huge plus. It's uh you know electric cars are definitely something that dealer uh, not dealerships manufacturers are pushing hard and they want to have mm-hmm. a lot more on the road in the next ten years or so for sure. But I always think you got to have both. Like for me, you just got to have for both. Sure. You can't just for have sure. electric. I like to drive a car with an engine and the sound and all that sure. stuff. And I like to row my own gears if I can sometimes, especially in a sports car. Um, for sure. Let me ask and you my this. Wife is, my wife's in an expedition. So we have best of both worlds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you're the CFO of a, of a Ford and a VW dealership, correct? Yes. I have to be political and drive one of each. Yeah. There you go. Good call. Uh, so obviously, as you know, dealers, are seeing the highest profits in a long time. Is there anything you think they need to be aware of or, you know, careful of going forward? You know, I I, I think, I don't know that there's anything necessarily that need to be careful of. Well, it's not going to stay like this, you know, it's not going to stay. So, I mean, yeah, cash conservation is always a number one. We're, we're living in a world right now where people are floating on PPP money and and making all this money up, up front. It's just a matter of being smart with your expenses, trying to keep your, your expense structure the same as it always has been or, or cut back where you can. Um, I mean, this, the market is going to dictate everything. No, the market's not going to stay like this forever, but uh, it's anybody's guess as to where the market is going to go. I know that I've heard from several people and, and the thought uh, around a few circles is that it's it'll get better than this as far as inventory on the ground, but it's not going to go back to what it was two, three, four years ago where you have a 30, 60, 90 day supply of cars. You may we may fall somewhere into 45 days supply worth of cars. But it's better, uh, right? Isn't that better that way? It's, it's, you have two, two, two thought processes there. You have the guys that they want to sell on volume and they're going to sell 250 cars a month. And then you got, and not really worry about that front end profit and just try to make it up in volume and on the back end. And then you have guys who really want to hold gross and they want to sell 130 cars a month, but, but make every car work count. So it's, it's mm. just two schools of thought. I mean, the manufacturers I know are going to want to, they, they are liking how things are going right now from a, from a cost perspective on their end. Right. They're, they're going to want to kind of get to a, a sweet spot for them. What I, I don't know what that sweet spot is, but um, I don't think we're going to be seeing as many cars on the ground as we were accustomed to on the ground at the dealerships. Yes. Right. Because I, well, cause you don't, I mean, like you said, there's two schools of thought there, but you you, you kind of don't need to. You don't need to have yeah. that a, a, a ton. And like you said, the manufacturers yeah. are kind of liking where it's at right now for them. Um, I think I think for for the most part, it's going to change for the consumer more than anybody because they're right. They're not going to have the same F one fifty at five dealerships within a twenty mile radius. Yeah. Um, they, they might have one or two dealerships that didn't get the same truck from, or maybe have a, a little bit different package to it, a different color, different trim, whatever it may be, but it's not going to be as, as wide open as, as, it, as it once was. Yeah. Well, I guess that's moving forward. That's well, well to me, I'm of the school of thought that it's better that way and makes more sense, but yeah, obviously 
uh, the way it is now, it won't stay that way and it will change. But either way, it's not going to go change back to the way it was either, right? I mean, yeah. this has all been a huge learning moment for every business and learning experience, you know, including the car industry. But I think it's good that we are well on our way out of this pandemic, in my opinion, anyway. But yeah, the automotive industry as it is right now, it won't stay like this. I don't want to say it's going to be a, a bubble bursting, but that's, I guess, kind of what will happen, but it will be a, a positive change. And that's one thing about this industry is that it's it's been tested every way to Sunday. I mean, it's, it's resilient. It's going to bounce back. They're going to figure it out one way or another. People need cars. They always will. Um, people are going to need their car service. They always will. So whether it be the, the crash of 2008 or now this COVID stuff, I mean, it's it's like the stock market. It's always it might dip a little bit, it might go down a little bit, but it's always going to come back. Well, that's uh, it's well said there, uh, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, listen, man, dude, I appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything you'd like to say uh, before we get going? No, I just appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, I was, I'm new to this whole uh, podcast thing, and, and it's it's been fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was glad I could have you on, man. I mean, like like uh, I said, for everyone listening out there, you know, it may not sound like it when we're talking about dealerships and stuff, but, uh, you know, Jeff's one of my best friends, so it's funny to talk like talk all professional like this. And uh, But it's good, man. I'm glad I could have you on and uh, you did a great job and appreciate you coming on Dealer News today. Thank you very much. You have a great day. All right, I'll talk to you later. I'll, t- I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you right after we're done recording this. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> Jeff Mance, everybody, CFO of Garnet Auto Group in Pennsylvania, GarnetFord.com and GarnetVW.com. Visit them there if you live in the area, and those guys will help you out. And that'll do it for this episode of Dealer News Today. Make sure you follow the show on Instagram at Dealer News Today. I'm Derek D. Of course, you can get to all my stuff at DerekD.com. But until next time, this is Dealer News Today. <laughs>